Hello, everybody. I want to read what I want to share with you. But more importantly, you'll hear me speak off the top of my head more than the reading I'll be doing. So this is called Humanist Common Ground Atheism. This is American Human Association, which says good without a God. A lot of people think that atheism is a recent idea. It's not. Trust me, it's not. But religious disbelief actually has a long and fascinating history. I dare say it's been around since the beginning of time. Just as a student of Christianity would want to know about a few rather significant things that happened 2,000 years ago, someone who wants a better understanding of atheism likewise needs to know what atheism has been up to for the past 30 centuries or so. So this is what I want to make clear. In the world of atheism... There has been God disbelief. Some of the reasons are the problem of evil and suffering, the problem of hell, um, errors and contradictions in religious texts, science and religion in opposition to one another, scholarship and religion in opposition to one another, um, the good dying young, and the good dying horribly, and not being able to physically see the beings they call deities and Christ figures, and archaeological evidence not being overwhelming strong evidence for these these said beings. No archaeology is strong enough to go, yes, these beings actually existed or still do exist. Atheism in the distant past and in different cultures. People didn't think of certain times and places are completely uniform in their beliefs. India is full to the brim with Hindus. Hindus are those who practice Hinduism. The Greeks all worship the gods of Olympus. In other words, Greek mythology. Everyone in medieval Europe was Christian, right? Think of the Roman Empire being what the Vatican is today. A closer look shows all these claims to be misleading. Just as political, quote-unquote, red states, Republicans, and blue states, quote-unquote, Democrats, United States, 
are really all various shades of purple. Every place and time in human history includes a lot of different beliefs, including atheism. Um, atheism is a lack of belief in deities and Christ figures. Atheism is not a religion. Atheism is not a spirituality. And atheism is not a faith either. Atheism is not a form of piety. That I can tell you. And I agree I agree with the sentiment that the states that we call red are actually voter intimidation states, voter suppression states, and voter rights violating states. And the shades of purple are talking about the great areas of life and politics being one of them. It says, that's not to say all points of view have the same chance of speaking to the culture microphone. That's true, sadly, because um, many people have experienced atheist discrimination. So state Islam is the state religion in Middle Eastern countries. as well as some African countries. And state religion is Christianity in certain African countries. So there's atheist discrimination even within Africa too, not just the Middle East, because you can be either imprisoned or executed for not believing in God in those parts of the world that don't see human rights as a legitimate concept for them to abide by. Then it says, religion in general and the majority religion in particular tend to call the shots and write the history, especially prior to the late 18th century. A lot of people have been told that atheists are like are these boogeymen that you need to keep your kids away from. But majority of atheists value the honoring of children. A lot of people have been lied to with the statement that atheists um, are the masterminds of the moral wrongs and the brutality of our global society. Religion In the name of religion, there's much more history regarding brutality and moral wrongs than those who don't claim religion. 
the Crusades cannot compete with Joseph Stalin. You can call yourself something and not be that real something. Just because Joseph Stalin called himself an atheist, it doesn't mean he was a legitimate atheist. Because legitimate atheists don't have a dictatorship spirit. And if you're really Christian, you will abide by thou shalt not kill before you force people to go to heaven via murder. And then it says, add to the fact that the f- add to that the fact that atheism has often been punishable by imprisonment or death, as I stated earlier. And it's often punishable through uh, the the revoking of parental custody and parental custody rights, um, employment termination, being fired, uh, loans being denied, housing being denied, certain schools not wanting to admit you as a student. Um, certain social clubs want nothing to do with you and victims of violence of bullying, of stalking and people just wanted to argue with you and call it a debate that's how atheists are punished and you can see why atheists at certain times and place tend to whisper. Because speaking regularly means that their safety is considered questionable. Mm. But the voices are there, including some in the distant past and in cultures both in, in and out of Europe. More people are understanding that atheists should be in public office and should be voted for. And that the non-religious electorate is booming in our country, the continent of North America. The threat of atheism in the ancient and medieval world is a story that very few people know. Even atheists are usually in the dark about this part of their history. You know how they say the the winners of history get to control the narrative? Well, people in the name of religion have rigged the world and the world systems for them against those who are not Christians. Think about the fact that it's dangerous to have a God we trust on our dollar bills. And on the back of our cars, on people's tags and license plates, actually. I say that's all and the whole tax exemption status. 
the reason why these things are happening is because a lot of believers don't know the difference between letting people decide for themselves if they want to abide by Jesus or not versus dogmatic indoctrination to the point of terrorizing those that don't believe. Atheism and Enlightenment By the early 18th century, disbelief was gathering serious steam in Europe. That's how the the scholarship, meaning being studious, had a lot to do with that. Secret documents challenging religious belief have been circling for 50 years, just steps ahead of the censors. A lot of people make it seem like back then it was super old school, but you had unconventional-minded folks then like you do now. French parishioners going through the papers of their Catholic priests who died in 1729 found copies of a book written by the priests for them telling how much he detested and disbelieved the religion he taught them for 40 years. There are a lot of religious leaders who are undercover atheists and who are secret agnostics too. It's no different than preachers who don't believe in hell, but they preach that hell exists to maintain their parsonage, to maintain their revenue, to maintain this rep- their public reputation. And to maintain people doing favors for them. Then it says, by the end of this century, philosophers in France, Germany, and England were openly challenging religious power and ideas and establishing modern concepts of human rights and individual liberty. Now that I'm grateful for. Challenging religion actually brought the full humanity on display of even persons like myself, which touch it, which deeply touches my inner existence. It all culminated for better and worse in the French Revolution when a brief flirtation with an atheist state was followed by the cult of the supreme being in the reign of terror, at which point atheism went back underground for a bit. Here's why people are attracted to religion. It claims to solve mysteries, but But it hasn't. It will tell you to believe and not know.
Yeah, and that's why um, it's so important that we allow plurality, diversification, and spectrums of human rights alignment thinking and we must make room and continue to make room for secular people secular people have a lot of of charitable kindness to contribute not believing in God does not mean that you're an abhorrent human. Most people don't believe in God are servant leaders. Most atheists are servant leaders. Atheism in the 19th century, the idea that God didn't really exist never completely went away even when someone like Napoleon shut it down for a while. My statement is that authoritarianism never removes the true content within human inner lives, N-I-V-E-L-I-V-E-S. It was always bubbling under the surface and occasionally shooting out sideways through someone who just couldn't stand to keep it quiet. You can't silence atheists. The human um, spirit says, hey, atheist human rights, atheist equal rights. We have the right to be decent people who lack theology. We have the right to make wise choices without saintliness. And that should be valued too. The poet Percy Shelley proved to be one such person to get himself kicked out of Oxford in 1811 for expressing atheist opinion. Intolerance towards atheists is still problematic even to our modern time. Then the early feminists of England and the United States made it pretty clear that they considered religion to be a stumbling block in the way of women's rights. The United States Supreme Court proves them correct, is my comment. Science really put the wind in the sails of atheism in the 19th century by paying close attention to the natural world Darwin turned himself from a minister in training to an agnostic and solved the complexity problem that prevented so many people from letting go of God. I'll add that some people are even letting go of traumatic imagery of God too. They're referring to Darwin's evolution 
um, proof that is widely regarded, widely highly regarded by even people like me um, as well. As biologist Richard Dawkins once said, atheism might have been possible for Darwin. I'm sorry, as the biologist Richard Dawkins once said, atheism might have been possible before Darwin, but Darwin made it possible to be an intellectually fulfilled atheist. He certainly did. And Sam Harris would agree. The late Christopher Hitchens, he would have agreed to. Penn Jillette would agree. Bill Maher would, would, he screams that on his show. But a flurry of activity after Darwin's death tried to hide his loss of faith, including some selective slicing and dicing of his autobiography and a false deathbed conversion story dreamed up by a British evangelist with little respect for the Ninth Commandment. Thou shalt not lie. There are people who like to control the inner lives and the outer lives of other people. And some people do it through the name of religion. And some people cannot accept the fact that some people walk by sight and not by faith. Some people go, hey, no, if I cannot shake hands with it or hug it or speak to it, it's non-existent. And some people... That makes them go emotionally apeshit, verbally apeshit, and at times physically apeshit about it. In Darwin's wake, a golden age of free thought opened up in the United States and the United Kingdom. And that's happening today. Religiously unaffiliated people, also known as nuns, N-O-N-E-S, are booming. Then it says, atheism in the 20th century. Atheism also doesn't guarantee good behavior any more than religion does. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. became a tragically apt phrase in the 20th century. There are plenty of examples of corruption and immorality in positions of unchecked power, both by atheists such as Mao Zedong in, Zedong in China, Joseph Stalin in the USSR, and Pol Pot in Cambodia, and theists such as Adolf Hitler in Germany, Francisco Franco in Spain, Idi Amin in Uganda. Here's my thoughts. Adolf Hitler was not a true theist. And Francisco and Idi were not true theists either. Because they don't fit the definition of a true theist. A true theist uses God to further the social equality movement. Joseph and Mao were not true atheists because true atheists use science 
and philosophy and logic and literature and evidence to further the social equality movement. But there's also good news, including the growth of humanism as a movement and church and I'm sorry, I I misspoke. Let me go back. But there's also good news, including the growth of humanism as a movement and court victories for the separation of church and state, something that benefits both the church and the state. That's well said. And we're still fighting those battles again because the religious right loves to be... Vile and foul. Mm. The 20th century also saw one of the most fascinating developments in the history of religion as two God-optional religions formed and flourished. Unitarian Universalism and Humanistic Judaism. Reproduced with the permission of author Dale McGowan from his work, This of Atheism, McGowan is executive director of the Foundation Beyond Belief and director of ethical education for the American Ethical Union. Mm. So they're talking about liberal religion and progressive religion. So, let's keep going. Humanism, a brief overview. Our definition humanism is a progressive philosophy of life that without theism and other supernatural beliefs, affirms our ability and responsibility to lead ethical lives of personal fulfillment that aspire to the greater good of humanity. So in other words, there are people who say, hey, I may not see any verification of the otherworldly, but what I do know for certain is that people should be of equitable, impartial treatment towards one another. That's how many people understand being fully human. And I love that definition of being fully human personally. I think that is Quite phenomenal. So, obviously there's more. The mission of the American Human Association is to advance humanism, an ethical and life-affirming philosophy free of belief in any gods and other supernatural forces. Advocating for equality for non-theists in a society guided by reason, empathy, and our growing knowledge of the world, the AHA, the American Human Association, promotes a worldview that encourages individuals to live informed and meaningful lives that aspire to the greater good. What does that mean? It definitely means that 
people. People need compassion now more than ever. Don't get me wrong, people are always in need of compassion. That's uh, That should be a given. But in our society, it's not always a given because social injustice happens and there's a lot of social injustice happening even to people who don't believe. For example, people who force their proselytizing upon those who don't believe is something that a lot of believers need to uh, reconsider. Um, If somebody doesn't believe You know, you shouldn't put a gun to their head and go, you better believe. They're not going to believe they're going to pretend. And last time I checked, doesn't the biblical God want authenticity instead of deception? Remember, thou shalt not lie. Something to think about. Let me keep going with what I'm saying. Key issues the AHA strives to bring about a progressive society where being good without a God is an accepted way to live life. We accomplish this through our defense of civil liberties and secular governance by our outreach to the growing number of people without religious belief or preference and through a a continued refinement and advancement of the humanist worldview. The primary issues include secular government, scientific integrity, human rights for all, promoting peace, reproductive freedom, women's rights, LGBTQ plus rights, and civil rights in America. I think those are all lofty and noble goals. Um, To be able to have that prestigious empathy and the prestigious amount of empathy, I know for me, I greatly celebrate that. Because to not show empathy, even to people who don't believe, you're basically saying that your God is incapable of empathy. And you're basically saying that your God has a narcissistic trait when you mistreat people who live peacefully without houses of worship as a part of their weekly routine. And so that is something people must be sensitized to. And I do have more to share. What I want to share with you all
is is this and um yeah so theamericanhumanist.org is a good place to learn about humanism and you get quotations from famous humanists, humanist essays on living a humanist life, humanism and traditional religion, the history of humanism, philosophical questions, ideas for advancing humanism, local group discussions of humanism, video presentations, and online media from our local groups. And uh, get to know us better. One way is to explore the many resources of the AHA and our website at, you know, the topics include explanations of humanism, humanism and its aspirations, what is humanism, humanist philosophy, and perspective. Oh, key facts. The AHA currently has 30,000 members and is growing constantly. More than two-thirds of people identify as humanists who are members of the American Human Association also identify as atheists. Before I go any further, I think I expressed it in one episode, but I got to say it again. It really drives home the point. I do not like the dictionary's definition of atheism because it has words attached to atheism that are despicable to me. First of all, atheism is not infidelity. How does lacking belief in God make you an extramarital sex haver when it comes to your marriage? So you're a heartbreaker because you break the hearts of theists? That makes no damn sense. Atheism is not materialism. Atheists actually are addicted to inner beauty. They're not addicted to tangibility and what's portable. And I want to make sure that when I speak of atheism, I speak of it um, respectfully. Most atheists are not iconoclasts, Mo- meaning most atheists are not destroyers of images used in religious worship. And atheists are the type of people who lovingly confront cherished beliefs or institutions. They don't go around attacking people just to attack people. Um... Another thing that I know for certain about atheists, because I actually talk to atheists, um, atheists are people of reverence, meaning they're showing an abundance of respect for people or things that are generally taken seriously. So atheists are not irreverent at all. They're not irreverent people. Irreverent, showing a lack of respect for people, things that are generally taken seriously. That's not atheists at all. And 
Atheism does not mean nihilism, the rejection of all religious and moral principles and the belief that life is meaningless. No, atheists believe that life is meaningful and atheists embrace secular morality and secular ethics. That simply means moral excellence without traditional religion, without moral excellence without any kind of religion. So atheists are morally excellent people. And I would say That those definitions were written by bigoted people when it came to atheism. Um, Those are disgusting synonyms that have been attributed to atheism. Um, And I'm deeply offended by that. So an atheist and humanist conversation. But let me just keep going. I, I I'm feeling the spirits. When I say feeling the spirit, I'm talking about my my heart wants me to keep going. And that's what I'm gonna be doing. And you can contact AHA at AHA at AmericanHumanist.org if you would like. An Atheist and Humanist Conversation. A group of current historical atheists and humanists communicate the often intertwined nature of humanism and atheism clearly. Dan Barker, who is the co-president of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, said, This is Dan Barker's words. I have something to say about atheists to the religionist who feels atheists never say anything positive. You are an intelligent human being. Your life is valuable for its own sake. You are not second class in in the universe, deriving meaning and purpose from some other mind. You are not inherently evil. You are inherently human, possessing the positive rational potential to help make this world of morality, peace, and joy. Trust yourself. I think there should be a bridge building between theists and non-theists. I think they both should agree that humanitarianism needs to be done as much as possible, as soon as possible. Anything else they don't agree on, it's not worth being tribalistic over. None of that benefits the least of these, the disenfranchised and the marginalized too. 
John Lovejoy Elliott was an ethical culture leader at the New York City for Ethical Culture. John Lovejoy said, I have known many good people who did not believe in God, but I have never known a human being who is good who did not believe in people. Wow. I just had to pause right there because that really stood out to me because most of the atheists I met, pretty much every atheist I've ever known to be an atheist were just the loveliest people I've ever wanted to be around. And I was always depressed when they weren't around because to be honest, I'm more comfortable with atheists than Christians because atheists don't put me in the G-rated, politically correct, sanitized, user-friendly, meek and mild, soft around the edges category. They put me in the let Antonio be all of who Antonio is uncensored category. And that's who the fuck I am. And yes... I believe in people because I believe in the goodness of people. I'm just saying that off the top of my head. Angelina Jolie, famous actress, critically acclaimed actress, said, There doesn't need to be a God for me. There's something in people that's spiritual, that's godlike. Wow, that has truly, truly helped me. And here's why. She's focusing on the fact that, hey, maybe we are the God that we're talking about. And she's saying that God is not outside of us. God is inside of us. God is in us, around us, to us, for us, by us, as us, with us. Hmm. Sam Harris, an American author, philosopher, and neuroscientist, is the co-founder and chief executive of Project Reason. He's the author of The End of Faith and Letter to a Christian Nation. Sam Harris said, What I'm asking to entertain is that there's nothing we need to believe on insufficient evidence in order to have deeply ethical and spiritual lives. Mmm. Mmm. That, that really stood out to me because when I think about the reality of being atheist. I know that atheists are big on don't don't just tell me, show me. And I admire that about atheists. I really do. Because atheists hate gullibility. Atheists hate magical thinking. Atheists hate wishful thinking. And those are traits about atheists I really appreciate. Catherine Hepburn, actor, said, I'm an atheist and that's it. 
I believe there's nothing we can know except that we should be kind to each other, do what we can for other people. And that's actually a healthy view of atheism. That's self-explanatory. I'm going to keep going. Joyce Carol Oates, AHA, Humanist of the Year, prolific author, said, It is quite possible to be an atheist and be quite deluded about other things other than religion. Atheism is an empty category. Humanism may be deluded about human potential, but at least it is a hopeful and non-exclusionary delusion. Um... What she's saying is that, well, I'm sorry, I don't know Joyce's gender pronouns, forgive me. Um, Atheists are people who love to learn, who love to overcome any kind of way of thinking that gets in the way of loving people. So deluded is not about, you know, people succumbing to being delusional it's like we don't know a lot of things so we may have some skewed way of thinking not because we want to but but because we have not had the experiences we need to enhance our thinking and theists go through that too okay it's not just atheism it's a human condition thing and so what I like about atheists is that you know, is that they, you know, are people who focus on the present. They don't obsess over the afterlife concept. And Here's the part where I praise atheists some more. Atheists embrace knowledge. Atheists embrace true information. Atheists embrace learning. Atheists embrace scholarship. Atheists embrace embraces facts atheists embrace atheists embrace wisdom atheists embrace instruction atheists embrace book learning atheists embrace erudition atheists embrace true data atheists embrace enlightenment atheists embrace expertise atheists embrace intelligence atheism embraces being a light to others. What does that mean? They Atheists embrace being neighborly to people in need. Atheists embrace sensible theories. Atheists embrace science. Atheists embraces rational principles. Atheists embrace practical philosophies. Atheists embrace awareness. Atheists embrace insights. Atheists embrace education. Atheists embrace substance. Atheists embrace 
store of learning. Atheism embra- atheists embrace the lore, the good lore, L-O-R-E, of pragmatic studiousness. And atheism atheists embrace reasonable know-hows. Because again, atheists embrace useful knowledge. Then it says, Carl Sagan was an American astronomer, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, author, and science. Polarized in 1981, he received the AHA's Humanist of the Year Award. Carl said, Atheism is more than just the knowledge that gods do not exist and that religion is either a mistake or a fraud. Atheism is an attitude, a frame of mind that looks at the world objectively, fearlessly always trying to understand all things as a part of nature. And here's my critique of religion. Religion shames people for being imperfect. Religion shames people for being flawed. Religion shames people for for being damaged. And religion, in fact, let me start over. (sighs) Because this, it's just amazing how religion treats people that way. And it's unpleasantly amazing. So religion says we're faulty to guilt trip us. Religion says we're imperfect to guilt trip us. Religion says we're flawed to guilt trip us. Religion says we're blemished to guilt trip us. Religion says we're deficient to guilt trip us. Religion says we're distorted to guilt trip us. Religion says we're weak to guilt trip us. Religion says we're tainted to guilt trip us. Religion says we're leaky to guilt trip us. Religion says we're defective to guilt trip us. Religion says we're damaged to guilt trip us. Religion says we're unsound to guilt trip us. Religion says we're spotted to guilt trip us. Religion says we're cracked to guilt trip us. Religion says we're warped to guilt trip us. Religion says we're injured to guilt trip us. Religion says we're broken to guilt trip us. Religion says we're wounded to guilt trip us. Religion says we're hurt to guilt trip us. Religion says we're impaired to guilt trip us. Religion says we're worn to guilt trip us. Religion says we're battered to guilt trip us. Religion says we're frail to guilt trip us. Religion says we're crude to guilt trip us. Religion says we're botched to guilt trip us. Religion says we're insufficient to guilt trip us. Religion says we're inadequate to guilt trip us. Religion says we're incomplete to guilt trip us. Religion says we're out of order to guilt trip us. Religion says we're below par to guilt trip us. 
Religion says we're incorrect to guilt trip us. Religion says we're unfit to guilt trip to guilt trip us. Religion says we're unsatisfactory to guilt trip us. Religion says we will never be perfect to guilt trip us. Religion says we will never be complete to guilt trip us. Religion says we will never be whole to guilt trip us. Religion says that we're all evil to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all the quality of being evil to guilt trip us. Religion says we're all sin to guilt trip us. Religion says we're all of wickedness to guilt trip us. Religion says we are all of depravity to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all the embodiment of crime to guilt trip us. Religion says we're all criminals to guilt trip us. Religion says we are all of sinfulness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of corruption to guilt trip us. Religion says we are all of immorality to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of iniquity to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of perversity to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of badness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of vileness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of baseness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of meanness M-E-A-N-N-E-S-S to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of malevolence to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of indecency to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of hatred to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of viciousness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all the embodiment of wrong to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of debauchery to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of lewdness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of wantonness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of grossness to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of foulness to get to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of degradation to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all of obscene of obscenities to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all evil to guilt trip us. Religion says that we are all sinners to guilt trip us. I'm very thankful for the life that Carl Sagan lived. I've always admired him. And the more I study and configurate my views on religion, the more I've studied the likes of a Carl Sagan. So, even in death, I respect him. Um, Edward W. Said was a university professor of English and comparative literature at Columbia University. Edward said, humanism is the only, I would go so far as saying, the final resistance we have against the inhuman practices and injustices that disfigure human history. (sighs) 
Edward's words deeply relate to me and profoundly resonates with me. George Santayana was a philosopher, essayist, poet, and novelist. George said, My atheism, like that of Spinoza, is true piety towards the universe and denies only God's fashion by men in their own image to be servants of their of their human interests. Hmm. So the bigotry that can be attested to in the Old Testament is basically man made God in his own image. Hmm. So God did not make man in his own image. If that were the case, if that was true, why is it so easy to use religion to commit tribalistic murder and tribalistic violence, even towards other people who claim to have the same faith as you do? Well, you don't practice faith like we say you practice faith. So isn't that insulting their God? Because God's like, I do make people in my own image. But humans go, no, we we invented you. You did not invent us. And that's how you get the Protestant Reformation. <laughs> Gloria Stein, a feminist author, said, We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or earned. We are really talking about humanism. Wow. It means that humanism is something to grow into. I I know that's what she's saying. Barbara G. Walker is the author of Man Made God and the Woman's Encyclopedia of Myths and Secrets. Faith in God necessarily implies a lack of faith in humanity. Well... I know that with the religious right, that is absolutely true. There are theists, though, who have faith in humanity that they mix with their faith in God. Not every theist practices religion the same way. It's kind of like a lot of... You have theists who are extremely open-minded... They do not agree with the traditional interpretations of the religious texts. So there are religious right type theists who are power hungry, money hungry. Then there are theists who go, hey, I don't have a problem with atheists and how atheists think that we have a lot in common. You know, it's it's like... Not every person who claims something treats it the same way that other people do. Even atheists are like that. You have atheists, some atheists who will study the Bible with a theist. And they have honest conversations about what's in the text. And you have atheists who go, hey, you know, that person is still my friend even though they believe, so... Human beings are multidimensional.
Um, Josh Wedden is an American screenwriter, film and television director, producer, composer, and actor. Josh said, Faith in God means believing absolutely in something with no proof whatsoever. Faith in humanity means believing absolutely in something with a huge amount of proof to the contrary. We are the true believers. I can understand how Josh feels that way. Um, I think, like, I've known theists who been through a lot in their life and God was the only source of comfort they had. So I can see why a lot of theists believe. That that was me when I was five, so I can definitely relate to that feeling. What I feel now is that I've I've had to open my mind to the fact that it's okay to reinterpret the Jesus story and other Bible stories I was told, meaning I let go of the literalism, but I hold on to the figuratism. Figuratism is when you take things figuratively and you interpret it figuratively. So... I still study the stories. I don't interpret them the way that old schoolers would interpret them. Um, I'm thankful that these subjects are talked about. Because it shows human complexity of the body and human complexity of the inner life too. Frank Lloyd Wright was an American architect, interior designer, writer, and educator. Frank said, "Um, I believe in God only I spell it nature. Wow. Some people think that divinity means environmentalism to taking care of nature. Wow, when Josh Weldon, who said, we are the true believers. It's amazing how Josh redefined the word believer, which I think is clever. And Josh was not implying elitism towards anyone. I just want to clear that up. And when I read that, it makes me really, really think about how It makes me think about this statement that I've heard many atheists say. There's a difference between knowing versus believing. Knowing, knowledge means proof. Believing means guessing games and speculation. I've heard atheists say that and I tend to agree. Um... Their thing, I do believe I'll be born to, I, I do believe I will live tomorrow. And I do believe that 10 years from now I'll still be alive because my health is super solid and I take excellent care of myself. 
So I'm into rational beliefs, not irrational beliefs. And even atheists would go right on. Um, 10 things I wish everyone knew about. This is Herb Silverman, a member of the AHA Board of Directors and author of Candidate Without a Prayer. An autobiography of a Jewish atheist in the Bible Belt has listed 10 things I wish everyone knew about atheism. Oh, this is going to be fascinating already. Number one, the prefix A can mean anti or non. While some atheists are anti-theists, most are non-theists who have no desire to destroy religion. We don't have a problem with believers, though they try to force their beliefs on others. See, see, you see the constructive criticism and the constructive correction that was dripping within those facts? I know I do. Number two, atheists are not necessarily protesters, though that's how they are usually portrayed in the media. When they do protest, they protest government privileging of one religion over another or religion over non-religion. They try to create... a dehumanization contest, a degradation competition, I might add. Mm. And all of that is dehumanizing, degrading in and of itself to do both. Number three, atheists are not angry at God just as they are not angry at the tooth fairy. And most of us didn't become atheists because something bad happened to us. We became atheists because we find no evidence for any gods. See? Atheists are not bitter people. Atheists are not malicious people. Atheists love conflict resolution. Atheists love assertiveness. And atheists love healthy boundaries. Atheists love speaking facts and truth compassionately speaking or should I say atheists love speaking facts and truth compassionately Mm. number five we can find joy without belief in God in an afterlife we may not see any cosmic purpose of life but we do find our own joyful purposes in life wow I like how atheists say, look, we're not going to obsess over what we can't figure out. But what we have figured out is do right by people while you're breathing and while you're here. And that is how I live my life, too. Number six. Most religious people are secular most of the time. Ask yourself, how how would you ask yourself how you would behave differently if you stopped believing in God. If you can't come up with a good answer, then you are what I call a functional atheist. Ooh. Yeah, I would say religious people are secular most of the time. Let's see. They spend most of their time outside of houses of worship buildings. They go to secular places like the mall, 
the mall, grocery stores, train stations, bus stations. Um, they use Uber. They use Lyft. Um, they go to restaurants, eateries. They go bowling. Um, they go to the library. They go to the park. They go to the movies. They go to ice cream stores. They go into people's homes. I mean, they go to vacation spots. So that is spot on. Okay, number seven. Calling atheism religion is like calling baldness a hair color. The quote-unquote religion of atheism and secular humanism is not taught in public schools unless you think that conveying the best available scientific information is a religious act. If you wind up abandoning faith in supernatural things because of science, as many do, that is a collateral benefit to critical thinking. Hmm. I know that there are theists who actually pursue the critical thinking direction. What do I mean by that? There are theists who go, you know what? I've read the biblical canon and other religious texts and a lot of it is just not adding up. And they go, you know, the images of God we were taught, some of it was hostile to people that didn't think like we did. So there are theists who are curious about the critical thinking concept and they go, I want to go in that direction. They want to, this is how theists think. Theists are going, you know, I want to be Christ-like in a critical thinking way. Like, I don't want to be hateful. I don't want to use the chosen people concept to obliterate the humanity of those that don't believe. So theists are more, they're processing the critical thinking concept. They really, a lot of them really are. Some are open about it. Some are very private about it. Number eight, most atheists don't go around proselytizing promoting atheism. For every open atheist you know, there are probably dozens of non-identifying atheists whom you assume are religious. Many are afraid to come out of their atheist closets, and the varied reasons for that would require another list of ten or more things that I wish everyone would know. Yeah, because atheists are more like, hey, this is how we think, and at the same time, we're not going to force our atheism on people or shove atheism down people's throats. That's basically what they're saying. Number nine, atheists don't fit your stereotypes. There are good and bad atheists as there are good and bad Christians, Jews, Muslims, men and women in any other category. Judge people by their actions and the content of their character, not by their professed religious beliefs alone. In other words, there are people who claim all walks of life some of them are awesome and some and some of them suck ass. Some of them are fantastic 
And some of them are fucked up. Some of them are wonderful. And some of them are shitty. Number 10. Most of the atheists I know have a good sense of humor. So I'll end with a joke. A Jewish atheist hears that the best school in town happens to be Catholic. So he enrolls his son. Things are going well until one day the boy comes home and says, I just learned all about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The boy's father is barely able to control his rage. He grabs his son by the shoulder and says, Joey, this is very important, so listen carefully. There is only one God and we don't believe in him. Wow. Wow, I just, I love satire because satire brings people together and that's the purpose of satire. There's no secular bigotry, secular intolerance within that. And I think humor should unite people instead of humans being trivialized by other humans. Conclusion, we atheists and humanists are on the common ground of nature. We're naturalists in that we share the idea that, that only natural as opposed to supernatural for uh, I'm sorry for speaking too fast. Conclusion, we atheists and humanists are on the common ground of nature. We are naturalists in that we share the idea that only natural as opposed to supernatural laws and forces is operating in the world. And I, I respect atheist position because it's it's more about I have to touch it to feel it, to sense it, to see it, to hear it as evidence. That's what atheists are saying. So atheists are like, y'all say deities and Christ figures, but I I need to I need audio evidence. That means auditory. I need visual evidence. That means visual learning. And I need kinesthetic evidence. That means touching and feeling. It's like if you're saying there's a God, I want to touch this God, see this God, feel this God, see this God, feel this God, hear this God. And because atheists is saying, I can't do any of these things, then I cannot accept the premise that God is real. That's what atheists are saying. Um... So this is what it says. It says, um, Alain de Botton, a Swiss philosopher, has written a manifest for atheists, the virtues for the modern age. His Ten Commandments for Atheists are resilience, keep going even when things are looking dark. That makes sense. Empathy. The capacity to connect imaginatively with the sufferings and unique experiences of another person. That makes sense. Patience. 
We should grow calmer and more forgiving by getting more realistic about how things actually tend to go. That makes sense. Hey, that makes sense. Sacrifice. We don't, we won't ever manage to raise a family, love someone else, or save the planet if we don't keep up with the art of sacrifice. That makes sense. Politeness. Politeness is very linked to tolerance, the capacity to live alongside people whom one will never agree with, but at the same time can't avoid, and that makes sense. Humor, like anger. Human springs from disappointment, but it's disappointment optimally channeled Mm. that makes sense Um, self-awareness to know oneself is to try not to blame others for one's troubles and moves to have a sense of what's going on inside oneself and what actually belongs to the world that makes sense Forgiveness is recognizing that living with others isn't possible without excusing errors. Well, some people, and I've said this many times and I got to keep saying it to keep being sensitive. Some people find alternatives to forgiveness. It keeps them from being bitter and malicious. But they feel like, well... What you did was so traumatizing. It affects me so much. I can't forgive you. But they don't allow the offenders to control their life. So atheists. There's a diversity of thought on the forgiveness concept. Just like there's there are theists who say, look, I love God, but some people have done some fucked up shit so shittily that I don't allow them to control my life but I sure as hell can't forgive them you have theists who think that way too I'm just being honest number nine hope pessimism isn't necessarily deep nor optimism shallow that's it's so beautiful number ten confidence confidence isn't arrogance it's based on a constant awareness how short life is and how little we ultimately lose from risking everything. It all makes sense. Sounds a lot like humanism, does it? It sure as hell does. Um, A final word, we conclude... Well, I'm reading the conclusion before the episode is concluded. That's just how I do sometimes. A final word, we conclude by repeating the statement by Roy Speckhart, AHA Executive Director and Atheist Humanist Secular Wi-Fi Over Labels. By definition, identifying as atheist indicates that one doesn't have a belief system that includes a God, nothing more. It doesn't encompass all the views that a person has when it comes to personal values, which is why terms like quote-unquote humanist and secular Jew are so important. Non-religious Jews might not believe in a God, but they may base their ethics or, or culture on elements of Judaism that they find to be meaningful. The same goes for humanists who find that a simple negation of belief in a deity is not enough to, to live life ethically and fully, and that the progressive values of humanism complement their skepticism. Here's why I'm not offended by the views of atheists. Because atheists are into from my experience the atheists are 
are from experiencing my childhood, my adulthood. Atheists are were were and are the most into love, into joy, into peace, into patience, into kindness. Um, even in marriage and just relationships, they were the most into faithfulness. They're most into self-control. They're most into self-discipline. All that stuff religion says in terms of fruits of the spirit, the atheists valued those things much more than the Christians when it came to my own life based on my own experiences. Then it says, what is the next step? In addition to reading, we also suggest that you begin to dialogue with American Human Association members and your community on the mission of the AHA and the key issues noted above. Explore this website where you will find a wealth of information about our local groups, programs, publications, resources of all types for people of all ages. You can, of course, join the majority of the members and followers of the American Human Association who identify both as atheists and humanists and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and become a member. We welcome you. Hmm. I love that, yes, atheists are com- are good at community outreach and keeping in touch with people. Are you a humanist, perhaps without realizing if you agree with the following position cited in Lloyd and Mary Moraine's humanism as the next step? You are a humanist as well as an atheist. You can be a humanist without being an atheist. That's true, too. Not to knock the atheist. I'm just giving the full story. Um, Humans are, in every respect, a part of nature. They are a natural product of evolutionary processes. I love that thought, actually. We humans, like all other living things, must rely upon ourselves, upon one another, and upon nature. There's no evidence that we receive support or guidance from any immaterial power with whom we might imagine we commune. Hmm. 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 That's always been hard because I grew up as a Christian, and at the same time, the stories that I were told were literal. Science debunked them all. So it's like... Mm. Maybe all of what the Bible teaches is about figurative wisdom and not literal wisdom. Mm. I've opened myself up to that possibility. Um, we are able to meet the challenges of life and constantly more satisfying ways provided we're able to make fuller use of our capacities the meaning of life is that which we give to it the meaning of life is that which we give to it happiness and self-fulfillment for oneself and others originally sufficient life goals moral codes are made by humans values and ideals grow out of the experience of various cultures societies and individuals the supreme value is the individual human being each person of whatever race or condition merits equal concern and opportunity wow I just love that they focus on the build up, the character building of people and the character um, strengthening of people. That's just mesmerizing to me. Um, I'm pretty much done with that and 
There's a couple of things I want to address in Hebrews chapter 11 that troubles me. Um, Honestly, I dislike the fact that David, who wrote Psalms, is in the Hebrews chapter 11 hall of faith fame. Hall of faith, as they call it, because... Bathsheba is not considered a woman after God's own heart. Tamar, who was raped by David's son Amnon, is not considered a woman after God's own heart. And David raped Bathsheba. Amnon was a rapist because his dad was a rapist. And I only see one woman listed in the Hebrews chapter 11 Hall of Faith. And that's extremely misogynistic to me. You're only going to mention Rahab. Oh, we're going to put the prostitute in there to make it look like, see, see, we respect women. But you only put a woman in there. I don't see Esther in here. I don't see the Judge Deborah in there. You're going to name books after women that were written by men. I don't see any books of women written by women in the Bible. You would think Jesus championed the least of these in in, in, um, the New Testament. However, the least of these were not the majority of the Bible writers. I find that problematic. And another issue I have... Is this guy named Jephthah. Um, Jephthah. Led the Israelites in battle against Amnon. In exchange for defeating the Ammonites. Made a vow to sacrifice whatever would come out of the door of his house first. When his daughter was the first to come out of the house. He immediately regretted the vow which bound him to sacrifice his daughter to God. Which he did. And even Jeff, the women, the, the females in Jeff as daughter's life, did not rescue her. There was no rescue plan on their part to keep her dad from killing her. I don't, I hate the fact that Jeff Thaff is in Hebrews chapter 11, Hall of Faith. His daughter is not even mentioned. In the Hebrews chapter 11 Hall of Faith, which, again, that's just horrible and terrible to me. And here's my other issue, right? Jeff F. carried out his vow. He didn't say, hey, God, I'm going to allow my child to live. And then again, I hate this part. The victorious Jephthah is met on his return by his only child, a daughter. Jephthah tears his clothes and cries, Alas, my daughter. You have brought me very low, but is bound by his vow. I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. The girl asks for two months' grace that I may go up and down on the mountains and weep for my virginity. See that that whole purity culture bullshit. It's That's a bunch of Old Testament 
devaluing of females and overvaluing of males. And so Jeff Fab did what did with her according to his value it made. The story ends by recording, recounting how the daughters of Israel went year by year to limit the daughter of Jeff Fab the Gileadite four days in the year. Ugh. And he gets to be a Hall of Faith person, but not the daughter. <sighs> I I can't. I, I, I just can't with this. I, 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 I can't. <sighs> and I don't where his daughter's her burial place is not mentioned. I don't see her being successful. But Oh, yeah, but they say, well, Jeff Fab judged Israel six years, and Jeff Fab's Gilead died and was burned in the city in Gilead. See, more misogyny again. Then he sent her away for two months, and she departed from the campaigns and wept for Virginia on the mountains. At the end of two months, she returned to her father. She had never known a man who became accustomed to Israel, that the daughters of Israel went year by year to limit the daughter of Jeff Fab, the Giladite, four days in the year. See what I mean? Where was... Her, where was her village of people who wanted her to be safe in body and soul? You mean tell me none of the females in her life were like, look, we're keeping you away from your crazy ass piece of shit for a father. Girl, he's trying to kill you. Um... You're living with us from now on. and He's never going to find you. He's never going to know where you are. He can miss you and ask about you all he want to. We're moving far the fuck away from him. If he's willing to kill you, he's willing to kill us. And Jeff F. never prayed. He's, he never went to God and said, God, I take back my vow. Help me to make vows that are actually worth keeping instead of vows that are clearly not worth keeping. I can't. I can't with any of this. And, um... That's why I left that world. I left that world, you know. I can't, well... And um, I'm so glad I left religion. Religion left me first. I'm so glad I left the church. Church left me first. I decided, and I must keep saying it, I left the tribalistic evangelical movement for the universal human rights movement. And here's why I repeated what I just said. I want to create the whole being a social entrepreneur using business to help people instead of using business to decimate people. That's what House of Worship do today. They have the same policies that corporate America has. 
won't really take strong stance against racism or rape culture or domestic violence culture. And how's the worship go? Yeah, let's religionize the dirty politics and corrupt politics of corporate America. And let's have our own version of of corporate America called the prosperity gospel. Not prosperity of the soul, but prosperity of the Bible. Make that godly. Wow. Thank you.